And now the weather. Expect partly cloudy skies with an excellent chance of maximum refunds. Wait, that can't be right. Oh, but it is. Who are you? I'm April. And we could see refunds raining down all tax season with people switching to Tax Act. Tax Act? The tax filing software that makes it easy to file for less and get more. New forecast. It's sunny days ahead for everyone using Tax Act. Always happy to brighten your day. Tax Act. Switch to Tax Act today and start for free. See taxact.com for details. We're going to be learning the second piece in Hilchus Sukkah in Chidush Rabbein Ochaim Halevi. This is Perak Hay Halacha Yotes and Halacha Chaf. In this piece, Rab Chaim explores an interesting idea. Uh, when you have a break in the schach, if it's less than three tfachim, the halacha is that it's still kosher. So Rab Chaim wants to understand, is that because of the halacha of lavud, which says that uh, when you have a break in a wall, so long as it's less than three tfachim, we view it in halacha as if it combines, the two sides come together. Uh, so is that why the schach on top is considered to be kosher? Because we view it at both sides of the schach come together and it's as if it's filled with schach. Or is there a separate halacha that so long as the break is only less than three tfachim, it's kosher? So Rabbi Chaim is going to explore this distinction and uh, show certain important nafkaminas lahalacha of it. The Rambam says, if you have schach, which has holes in it, and you can see through to the sky. So, if there's more schach than holes, it's kosher. When does this apply? If there was not a break larger than three tfachim. If most of the sukkah was a majority shade, uh, more than the sun, so then that is a kosher sukkah, even if there's areas where the sun light is shining through. So Rab Chaim points out that this comes from a Gemara in Sukkah Daf Yutes. Uh, the Brisa says, Pesel sukkah nidon kisukkah, that if you have some schach jutting out from the sukkah, uh, it's considered a sukkah, and uh, it would be kosher under there. So uh, the Gemara has a, a few different interpretations. One is Rabbi Oshaya. Rabbi Oshaya understands that uh, this Brisa is not actually talking about schach, which is jutting outside the sukkah, but it's inside the sukkah, and it's schach puzzle. So you have a little bit of schach puzzle in the sukkah, and uh, the Brisa is teaching us that it's still kosher under there. So the Gemara says that Rav Hoshaya asked him, uh, Let's say that there was absolutely nothing there, even if it was just empty space, it would still be kosher. The halacha is that if you have empty space, a break in the schach, so long as it's less than three tfachim, it's kosher. So uh, why do we need to say that if there was some puzzle schach in there, it would still be kosher? It's certainly kosher, because even if you had nothing in there, you just had empty space, it would have been kosher. So the Gemara quotes, Rabbi Abba answered that uh, in one case you're allowed to sleep under the sukkah in addition, and in another case you're, it's a kosher sukkah, but you can't sleep under that section. 
Uh, and this is the Machlokas Rashi Tosvos, uh, which one is which. Rashi holds that if it's empty space, the sukkah overall is kosher, doesn't passel the sukkah, but you cannot sleep under the empty space. But if there is some schach there, even though it's passel, so in that case you can even sleep under that section of the sukkah. So that's the additional halacha that we're adding uh, when there is Puzzle schach, that it's a little bit better than empty airspace. And the Tosos explains the other way, that uh, you can only use it if there's empty space above there. So there's a machlokas we've shown him about which case you're allowed to use that area and which case you're not allowed to use that area. But everyone holds that there is one of these cases where even though it's a kosher sukkah, but you're not allowed to use the area on top, which doesn't have kosher schach. So if so, says Rab Chaim, that there's a question on the Rambam who does not mention any case where you cannot use the part of the sukkah on top of your head. All the Rambam says is that if you have a break, which is less than three tfachim, so then the sukkah is kosher. So that implies that you can use the entire area of the sukkah, even the area on top. But uh, there is one case in the Gemara where you're not allowed to use the area on top of the sukkah that doesn't have kosher schach, and the Rambam omits that. So Reb Chaim wants to understand why does the Rambam hold that in all cases, whether it's pasal schach on top or whether it's empty air on, on top, if it's less than three tfachim, you can even sleep under that area. So in order to explain the Sheet of Rambam, Reb Chaim says that we have to understand why is it that if there's a space less than three tfachim, it's still kosher. Is it because we apply the rule of lavud, which in halacha means that any time there's a space less than three, we see it as if the two sides connect. So uh, we see the space as being filled. Or is it that there's a separate halacha that if there's anything, an opening in schach less than three tfachim doesn't passel the sukkah. So Reb Chaim says that the solution to this chakira, we don't have to look far, the Gemara on sukkah daf yudches quotes a machlokas, if you have three tfachim, less than three tfachim open in the middle, a break, uh, do we apply lavud or not? So it's very clear in the Gemara that there is a psul, even less than three tfachim, but the, the halacha of lavud would resist that problem. So we see that it's a lovewood, uh, it's based on the din of lovewood, that it would be kosher. But the problem with this, says Rab Chaim, is that the Gemara we quoted before seems to imply that it's not because of a halacha of lovewood, because the Gemara says that if it would be a schach puzzle, less than three tfachim, it would still be kosher. Why? Because the Gemara said it's no less than avir, if it was just an empty space. But if it's based on lavud, so then schach pasul is worse than empty space. Empty space, you can apply lavud. But schach pasul, you cannot apply lavud, and therefore it should be pasul even less than three. So the Gemara that compares schach pasul to empty space seems to hold that the reason why it's kosher is not because of lavud. It's rather that anything which is less than three tfachim is kosher, and therefore it doesn't matter whether it's empty space or schach puzzle. So uh, basically, when we put these two gemaras together, we have a contradiction. One gemara implies that uh, the reason why schach puzzle and open space less than three tfachim is kosher is because that's just the halacha. Less than three tfachim is still kosher. And the other gemara seems to imply that it's because of lavud, and that should only apply to open space and not to schach puzzle. So in order to answer this steer in gemaras, Rab Chaim as is his way, says that we need both of these halachas. They're both coming to deal 
with separate problems. The halacha that uh, open space less than three tefachim is not considered a problem. That is a principle with regard to the halacha that you need tzilsa meruba mechamsa. There needs to be more shade in the sukkah than sunlight. And the, the Gemara and Daf test says that that applies even if you have a sukkah where in some sections there is more sunlight, but in the whole sukkah, if you take the entire sukkah, there's more shade than sunlight, so the whole sukkah is kosher even in the section where there is more sunlight. And uh, the Rambam's explicit about this. Uh, the Rambam writes, If uh, most of the schach was a majority of shade, so there is a small section where it's mostly sunlight. Since overall it's a majority of shade, so then the whole thing is kosher. So in that halacha, there's an exception, which is, if there is a space which has more than three tfachim open, that space is not kosher, even if the majority of the sukkah is shade. Because once you have more than three tfachim of open space, so then we cannot combine it any longer with the rest of the sukkah. So that is where we apply this rule that if it's less than three tfachim of open space, then we view it as being part of the rest of the sukkah. And so long as it's mostly shade, it will all be kosher, even if in that space there's more sunlight than shade, but the, once it becomes more than three tfachim of open space, so then it's viewed as a separate area and it's going to be puzzle. So that's the application of the principle that less than three tfachim is considered uh, kosher. When do we need lavud? So says Rab Chaim, that's for a different problem. If you have more than three tfachim between the schach and the rest of the schach, so then we have a problem that there's no wall. A sukkah needs wall. You can't just have schach stand alone. And the only reason that the schach is considered attached to the walls is because there's a continuous running of the schach, which then connects with the wall. But if you have more than three tfachim distance between areas of the schach, then that schach is not considered connected to the wall. It's considered to just be standing there on its own, and that's why we need Lovewood to say that up until three tfachim, we view it as if it's connected, and uh, the schach is connected to the walls, but uh, once it becomes more than three tfachim, Lovewood doesn't apply, and this schach is now standalone. So that's the essence of the machlokas, whether we say Lovewood in the middle of the sukkah, not just on the side uh, to connect the schach with the wall on the side, but even to connect one piece of schach with the other piece of schach. Because if we don't say lavud, so then even though it's less than three tfachim, so there's no problem in terms of the amount of shady area, but if we don't apply lavud into the middle of the sukkah, so then there is a problem in terms of the walls. So the halacha of lavud always applies only with regard to the concept of walls. It's not a halacha in any other area of sukkah. It always comes in order to create the proper walls. But when you have schach, which is more than three tfachim distant, or if you hold it, you don't say lavud in the middle of the sukkah, even less than three tfachim distant. So then we view that schach as being lacking a connection to the wall. So it's just standalone schach without a wall. So according to Rab Chaim, that's why we actually need both principles. And the, the fact that the, each Gemara deals with a different principle is not a problem. 
problem because uh, there are different cases where we need to apply each of these two ideas. But ultimately, we need both of them. We need uh, to say that less than three tfachim, there's lavud, and we also need to say that less than three tfachim is going to be kosher, and it's considered part of the broader sukkah in terms of tzilsim ruba mechamsa, the shady area. Now, based on this, says Rab Chaim, we could explain the Rambam. The Rambam's shita is that you can sleep under both empty space of the schach and schach puzzle. So now we can explain the shita sa Rambam, because the reason why we need both lavud and the halacha that less than three tfachim is not posel is because lavud only takes care of the wall. It doesn't take care of creating schach. And less than three tfachim takes care of putting the schach with the rest of the sukkah, but it doesn't take care of the wall. But this whole evaluation is only with regard to the usage of the sukkah. When, with regard to the halacha, that you can't sleep under the sukkah, so then we actually evaluate lavud and pachus mishlosha tfachim as two separate halachas. Each one gets evaluated on its own. And the reason for this, says Rab Chaim, is because with regard to the halacha that you can't sleep under it, we're evaluating whether it's considered part of the sukkah or not. So there, it's not important to have both Lavud and less than three Tfachim working together. We just need to be sure that this is considered part of the Sukkah and we look at each one separately. So according to the Rambam, the reading of the Gemara when it talks about the specific issue of sleeping under it is that the Gemara asked, why do we need a Halacha that Schach Pasul is considered part of the Sukkah? It's no wor- worse than having an empty space over there. So on that, the Gemara answered that you can't sleep under empty space either, and that's why we need to say specifically that Tzachach Pasul, you are allowed to sleep under it. So the implication is, at that point, that you are allowed to sleep under Tzachach Pasul, there's a special halacha of that, uh, but you're not allowed to sleep under empty space, the way Rashi explained it. But all of that, says Rab Chaim, is clearly talking about the halacha of pachus mishlosha tfachim. So there's a shear, it has to be less than three tfachim. And in that situation, we say that if it's schach pasol, that's going to be good enough, you can sleep under it. But if it's empty space, then theoretically you can't sleep under it at this point in the Gemara because there's no special halacha with regard to empty space that you're allowed to sleep under it. And if it's less than three tfachim of empty space, so then uh, we don't know that that's included in the halacha, that schach puzzle you can sleep under. But, says Rab Chaim, there's another halacha, which is lavud. Those few lines of the Gemara are not interested in lavud right now because they're dealing with the issue of whether you can sleep under schach puzzle. And that certainly doesn't have lavud. You don't need lavud for schach puzzle because it's, there is an object there. You don't need to connect the objects in order to create a wall, right? As Rab Chaim said, lavud, all it does is create a connection to the wall. But if there's schach puzzle, so you don't need lavud. There's automatically a connection to the wall because of the schach puzzle. So if you don't need lavud, the Gemara is not interested in that. The Gemara is only discussing whether you're allowed to sleep under uh, less than three tfachim of schach pasul uh, because of a separate halacha, whether there's a shior of less than three tfachim for sleeping also. But at the end of all the Gemaras, if we put them all together, so then of course there is a din of lavud, which only applies when it's an empty space. And if we apply that principle into this halacha, so then when you have empty space, less than three tfachim, even though you don't have a special halacha that you're allowed to sleep under it, but we do apply lavud. 
So you're allowed to sleep under empty space, less than three tfachim, because the lavud makes it as part of the sukkah. It's as if you're sleeping in the sukkah. So that's why the Rambam holds that lamaskana, putting all of the sugyas together, that you can sleep under whether it's open space because of lavud, or whether it's under schach pasul because of the special halacha that you can sleep under schach pasul. Either way, you're allowed to sleep under it, and uh, practically there is no nafgamina. Any break, whatever it is in there, whether there's schach pasul or empty space, if it's less than three tfachim, you could sleep under it. And even though the uh, simple reading of the Gemara, the surf- The, I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Breakfast reading seems to imply, according to Rashi, that if there's empty space, you can't sleep under it. That's only because of that Gemara, those lines were only interested in the issue of the shiur of less than three tfachim. And this special exception that Schach Pasol, you're still allowed to sleep under. But that Gemara wasn't dealing at all with Lovely. So that's why that Gemara left off the impression that you're not allowed to sleep under empty space. But uh, if we put all the Gemaras together, and of course the Rambam is not commenting on one Gemara, he's piecing them all together to create the halacha. So then there is a principle of lavud, and that's going to apply with regard to the halacha of that you're not allowed to sleep under a break in the sukkah. And the lavud is another exception to that, which includes any open space, less than three tfachim, that you can sleep under it. So this is Rab Chaim's approach to explain why the Rambam seems to paskin against the Gemara, and this reading of the Gemara and putting them together explains that. Now Reb Chaim raises a problem from the Yushalmi in Brachos in Parag Zion. The Yushalmi asks the same question, are you allowed to sleep under empty space of a sukkah? And the Yushalmi quotes, uh, Rabbi Yitzchak ben al-Yishuv said that it's comparable to a case where you had water in dirt. Uh, well, you know, a similar case would be an ice cube that uh, you can put it in a mikvah. It can be part of the mikvah, but you can't use it. So in the same way, this three tfachim, which without schach, is part of the sukkah, but you can't sleep under it. So the Yushalmi says explicitly that you cannot sleep under empty space of a sukkah. And Rav Chaim quotes that, in fact, Rishonim asked on the Shittas HaTosvos, who holds that you're allowed to sleep under empty airspace, so long as it's not three tfachim, uh, you just can't sleep under schach pasul. So this Yushalmi seems to explicitly contradict that. So Rishonim already asked this question on Tosvos. Says Rab Chaim that uh, based on his whole piece, we can answer Tosvos's shita. And that is that the only time you're not allowed to sleep under empty airspace is when there's no love. Tosvos's whole position is based on the idea of love. That's why you're allowed to sleep under empty airspace, and that's why when there's schach pasal, you can't sleep under there because there is no lavud. So we could say that the Yushalmi, which says that you cannot sleep under airspace, is talking about when there's no lavud. And the Tosus, when he says you could sleep under airspace, is referring to a case where there is lavud, but there is no contradiction from the Yushalmi to Tosus. What is the case where you have empty airspace, but there's no lavud? In other words, in which case is the Yushalmi talking about that you can't sleep under empty airspace? So 
So Rab Chaim says that the case would be when you have schach posul next to the empty airspace. So the lavud connects the schach posul with the rest of the schach. In other words, this empty airspace is filled in by the schach posul. So in that case, it is a kosher sukkah because with regard to the walls, we view this all the schach as being connected to the walls, right? That's the the effect that lavud has, that it connects schach with walls that are even a few tfachim away. So in this case also, the uh, schach is connected with the walls and the sukkah is kosher, but you can't sleep under it because the lavud has connected it, it's filled it in with schach pasul. Meaning we view this lavud as filling in the space with schach pasul. So in, if, in terms of sleeping under it, you would not be allowed to sleep under it because that's the whole shita satosos. That if you have lavud that connects kosher schach and fills in the space with kosher schach, so then you're allowed to not only say that it's a kosher sukkah, but you could even sleep under it. But in the case of the Yerushalmi, where you have schach pasul on the side, so now the lavud has filled it in with schach pasul. So in terms of the walls of the sukkah, it's kosher and you can use it for other things. But to sleep under it, that would not be okay because it's as if you're sleeping under schach pasul and that, according to Tosos, does not work. So this would explain the Yerushalmi, why it's not a stira to the Shittas HaTosvos. And uh, the Yerushalmi is only talking about a specific case where you're not allowed to sleep under airspace. But says Rab Chaim, coming back to the Shittas HaRambam, the Rambam holds that you can sleep under any break in the sukkah, whether it's schach pasul or empty space. So the Rambam has no way to explain the Yerushalmi that says that you cannot sleep under schach pasul. Even Tosos' way of explaining it, that there's lavud with schach pasul, is not going to help according to the Rambam because he holds that there's a special halacha, as we saw before, that you are allowed to sleep under schach pasul. That's a special halacha in the Gemara that schach pasul is allowed to be slept under. And the even so even if the airspace has lavud of a schach pasul, According to the Rambam, that's going to be kosher. And the Rambam seems to have no way to account for the Yushalmi's statement that you're not allowed to sleep under airspace of a sukkah. So Reb Chaim gives a, a technical solution to this. He says that the, if we look in the Gemara in Sukkah, which we began with, so there's a b'risa there which says that Pesel Ayotza Minas Sukkah Nidon Kisukkah, that something jutting out of the Sukkah is judged like the Sukkah. And the, this whole piece has been based on Rabbi Yoshaya's explanation of that, which is that Tzach Pasul less than three is kosher. But there are two other explanations over there in the Gemara. So says Rab Chaim, the Rambam understood that the other two explanations in the Gemara disagree with Rabbi Yoshaya's din and they hold that schach posel is not allowed to be slept under. In other words, Rabbi Yoshaya's reading of the b'risa was mechadesh, a new halacha, that you're allowed to sleep under schach posel. And that's who the Rambam Paskin like when he said that you're allowed to sleep under schach posel. But the other two positions would disagree with that chiddish and they would hold that you're actually not allowed to sleep under schach posel. You're only allowed to sleep under open airspace because of love but if there's schach pasul, then you can't sleep under it. And so the Yushalmi, which says that you cannot sleep under open airspace, is talking about, the same as Reb Chaim explained for Tosvos, open
open airspace next to Schach Pasul. So the Lavud that's created has the same Din as Schach Pasul, and that Yerushalmi follows in the other positions which argue with Rabbi Oshaya. Those positions would hold that you can't sleep under it. But the Rambam paskins like Rabbi Oshaya, and that's why he holds that in all cases you're allowed to sleep under it, whether it's Schach Pasul or whether it's open airspace. So the Rambam's explanation of the Yerushalmi would be that, yes, it disagrees with his Psak. Uh, that's because the Yushalmi is following the other positions in the Babli, but the, the Rambam Paskins like Rabbi Yoshaya's position, and that's why he holds that you could sleep under any break in the Schach, whether it's puzzle or open airspace. But uh, now Reb Chaim, as is his way, uh, backs off a little bit from this whole approach. And he says that, yes, we could explain the Yushalmi according to Tosvos and according to the Rambam as talking about a very unusual case where you have Lavud next to Schach Pasul. But why should we give the Yushalmi such a, a dochak, such a limited explanation and try to explain it away when the literal reading of the Yushalmi is that you cannot sleep under open airspace? And he says that, in fact, the Balamor, the Rush, the Ran, Major Rishonim, they, in fact, do say that because the Yushalmi seems to say, Kipshuto, that you're not allowed to sleep under open airspace, so that's a raya to Rashi's explanation that you can't sleep under open airspace, but you could sleep under Schach Pasul. And uh, we shouldn't read the Gemara the way Rabbi Nochem Hananel and Tosos explain it, that you are allowed to sleep under open airspace. In other words, the Bavli is not clear. It just says that you're allowed to sleep under one break and you're not allowed to sleep under the other. But it doesn't say whether which is a reference to open airspace versus Stach Pussel. So the Rishonim say that in that situation we should follow the simple reading of the Yerushalmi and say it doesn't go against the Bavli at all. Uh, we should explain the Bavli that you're not allowed to sleep under open airspace. So that's the first question on Tosus's explanation. Uh, in addition, Rabbi Chaim says that the riff omits the whole sugya and the Bavli. So uh, you see that the riff's Psak seems to have been like the Rambam, that you're allowed to sleep under any break, whether it's open airspace or schach puzzle, you're allowed to sleep under it. And this says, Rab Chaim, why should we go against the Yerushalmi? Why do the Rif and the Rambam have to force the Yerushalmi into some dochak reading? Why not just paskin lahalacha like the Yerushalmi that you can't sleep under the open airspace? It doesn't go against the Bavli at all, and Rab Chaim thinks that it's unusual that the Rif and the Rambam ignore this explicit halacha in the Yerushalmi. So Reb Chaim says that there's actually a proof in the Bavli that uh, goes against the Yerushalmi. There seems to be a, a, an explicit proof that you can sleep under airspace of the sukkah. And this again goes back to the three different explanations for this halacha of Pesel Yotzamina Sukkah, something which extends from the sukkah. The second explanation over there is that we're talking about the halacha of Tzilsa Meruba Mechamsa, that you have to have more shade than sunlight. And uh, we quoted this uh, before, but you evaluate it based on the whole sukkah. So even if one section of the sukkah has more sunlight, but uh, so long as the entirety of the sukkah has majority of shade, so then it would be kosher. So that's uh, the second explanation for that b'risa. Says Rab Chaim that the halacha of a section which has more sunlight than shade is equivalent to open airspace. A majority of sunlight and airspace are the same thing. So if this Gemara is saying that you're allowed to sleep under a section with a majority of 
sunlight, so then it would follow that you're also allowed to sleep under open airspace. So we have proof from the Bavli that sleeping under open airspace is not a problem, unlike what it says in the Yerushalmi. But uh, if so, if this is correct, so then we obviously have a problem the other way. According to Rashi's Shita, that you're not allowed to sleep under open airspace. So uh, now we have uh, an issue. Why are you allowed to sleep under the section of the sukkah, which is majority sunlight? If that's the equivalent of open airspace, so then you shouldn't be able to sleep under that either. So Rab Chaim says that it's not a question on Rashi because we could answer that there's a distinction between a minority of shade and purely open airspace, even though the minority of shade is not a kosher area because there's majority sunlight, but there is still some schach. There's a few pieces there. And those pieces we combine with the rest of the sukkah to view this section as a kosher part of the sukkah. So it's not totally the same as having no open airspace. It's a little better because there are some pieces of schach here and we can combine those with the rest of the sukkah as opposed to a a totally open airspace. There's no schach there at all and Rashi holds you can't sleep under it. So Rashi makes a distinction between no schach whatsoever, which you can't sleep under, versus if there's even a little bit of schach, even though it's a majority sunlight, but that is considered a kosher part of the sukkah when you combine it with the rest of the sukkah, which is a majority majority of shade. And on this point is what the Rambam, the Rif, Rabbi Nochanan, Tosos, this is what they all argue with Shitas Rashi, and they hold that there is no distinction, that if it's kosher, you can sleep under the section, which is majority sunlight, so then that's the same as a totally open airspace, and we see that you're allowed to sleep under totally open airspace, even though it is true that there is a little bit of schach in the majority sunlight section, but uh, practically both of these are cases which don't passle the sukkah, but they themselves are not kosher schach, and if we see that you're allowed to sleep under a majority sunlight section, then you can also sleep under fully open airspace, and uh, that's why they hold that uh, you can certainly sleep under open airspace, that's the shita sabavli, and even though the Yushalmi says differently, you have to explain it the way Rabbi Chaim did before, that it's talking about lavud next to schach passle. So this point is essentially what uh, the Rambam and Tosvos versus Rashi are debating. Uh, Rashi holds that there is a difference between a section of the sukkah, which is majority sunlight, that we do not view that as the same as totally open airspace. And even though you can sleep under a section which is a majority sunlight, but it does not follow that you're therefore allowed to sleep under totally open airspace. And the Rambam and Tosvos hold that those are effectively the same thing. And since the Gemara says that you can sleep under a section which is majority sunlight, so it follows that uh, you are allowed to sleep under a section which is uh, totally open airspace. So to come back to the Rambam and the Rif, their shita that you're allowed to sleep under a break in the schach, whether it's open airspace or whether it's schach puzzle, says Rab Chaim that at the end of this whole analysis, that emerges explicitly out of the Gemara. Two out of the three explanations for the brisa of a pesel hayotza minasuka that you have this something protruding, and the Gemara explains it in one case that it's talking about schach puzzle on top of that. You're allowed to sleep under there. So from there, the Rambam derives that there's a special halacha that if there's schach puzzle less than three tfachim, you can sleep under it. And the another explanation is that it's dealing with a section of the sukkah which is majority sunlight, and that you can sleep under that. And according to the Rambam. 
that is the equivalent of totally open airspace. So uh, from these two explanations of that b'risa, we derive that you're allowed to sleep under any break in the sukkah, whether it's filled in with schach puzzle or whether it's just open airspace. So that is Rab Chaim's explanation for the Shittas HaRambam, who does not distinguish in any case that you cannot sleep under a break in the sukkah. And that's his reading of the Gemara and how it fits into the Gemara, even though it seems on the surface to contradict the, the Gemara and the Yushalmi. But Rab Chaim explains how it, do, it can make sense in the Bavli and how to explain the Yushalmi according to this Shita. And finally, he brings a proof from the Gemara to this position. Uh, the key conceptual point that Rab Chaim develops is that when we deal with the break in the Sukkah, which is less than three Tfachim, is it that we apply the principle of Lavud or do we say that there's a separate Halacha that less than three Tfachim does not passel the Sukkah? The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.